Mark chapter 2. And the reason why we're turning to Mark chapter 2 is because um, the story is told multiple times throughout Scripture of these unsung heroes that we're talking about today, these, these men who, uh, whose names we'll never know, whose faces history will never record, but unsung heroes who made an impact on eternity. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 2, and I want us to look at this story this morning, starting in verse 1 together. If you don't have your Bible, the verses will be on the screens around me. I know you'll be able to follow along. Let's read this together. It says this, A few days later... When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. So apparently word got out that Jesus was coming to this this city called Capernaum. And when he came into this home or this building that he was in, that the word had spread. So many people were there that the, the house or the room was completely packed out. And so much so that people were standing outside the door, just, just waiting to, to hear this Jesus teach. Verse 3, some men, enter our unsung heroes, some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Apparently each one of them grabbed a corner of the mat. Verse 4, since they could not get to him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. Unreal. Verse 5, look at this, unbelievable. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Well, of course, the religious people didn't like anybody who would talk like that. So look at verse 6. Now, some teachers of the law, these religious guys, were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8, you never want to argue with Jesus. Here's the reason why, because he kind of knows what you're going to say before you say it. Look at verse 8. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was, uh, this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Blasted. Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. Verse 10. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Look what happens next, verse 12. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of everybody. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Now, i got to be honest with you. This story, when I read through this, this story raises so many questions for me. It's not even funny. And certainly when we view this story in light of this unsung heroes concept that we're talking about today and, and reflecting on Arlington and reflecting on the unsung heroes that have served our nation, but when we begin to reflect on this unsung hero side of things, this story just raises all kinds of questions for me. Here's the first question. Who were these guys? Who were these guys that carried the paralyzed guy in to Jesus? Uh, how many of them were there? I mean, verse 3 tells us that there were some men, and it tells us that four of them carried the paralyzed guy, that each one of them apparently carried a corner of the mat to get this paralyzed guy in to see Jesus. But, but that means there were at least four. How many were there? And who were these guys? Uh, what did they do for a living? What? I have so many questions about this story. How did they hear that Jesus was coming to their town? They never even heard the sermon that day. And as a preacher, that bothers me. <laughs> Let's put ourselves in their shoes for a minute. Verse 3 tells us 
some men. That's all we know about them. Some men. We don't know how many there were. We don't know how old they were. We don't know where they came from. We don't know who they were. History doesn't record their name. It doesn't record their faces. All we know is that apparently they heard about this guy Jesus and they heard that he could heal people and when they heard he was in their town they knew they had to do something about it. Imagine what it must have been like to hear that Jesus was actually coming to your town. All I can picture in my mind, the whole time I've been preparing this message for several weeks, all I can picture is Charles Ingalls running to the old mill to get Mr. Edwards, and Jack the dog is following behind, and there's a little half pint, you know, and she's about to beat up Nellie Olson. That's all I can envision. I'm just like, you know, I can see Charles going, Jesus is in town, you know, and there's half pint, Paul, Paul, what does this mean, right? I, that's all I can see here. We know nothing about these guys. This could be Michael Landon for all we know. We, have, we know nothing. Did they know the paralyzed guy? Did they even know this guy? Or was he, just, was he just a guy that they knew because apparently the paralyzed and lame people laid in front of the temple courts and so everybody in town kind of knew this guy because he laid there. Or was he a friend? We know nothing about this guy. What about the paralyzed guy? Verse 3 again tells us nothing. It simply says, Some men brought a paralyzed man. That's all we know. Who was he? Did everybody in town know him like some of the other more famous, can you call them famous, famous beggars? I mean, is this, you know, when people know the Acts chapter 3 guy and they're walking in, Peter and John, and they walk in, and silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus rise up and walk, and they grab his arm and pull him up. They, okay, was this guy a famous beggar? Or was he a no-name beggar? Who was this paralyzed guy? Who, who was, how old was he? Was he young? Was he, was he a teenager? Was he in his 40s? We know, we know nothing about this guy. Was he, a, was he a friend to these some men? Did they know him? Did he know them? How long had he been paralyzed? Was he born this way or did he get hurt with them? We don't know. We don't. Scripture leaves out so much of the story. We don't know about this paralyzed guy. All we know is that some men heard that Jesus was making a one-day-only stop in their town. And they ran, and they got this paralyzed guy. And they were determined to bring him to the place where Jesus was. And notice when they got there. They weren't going to take no for an answer. Again, let's put ourselves in the story. These guys, at least four of them, carrying each a corner of the mat of this paralyzed guy, and they walk up to the house. They're like, hey, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Quick, you know, get, get Mr. Edwards. Let's go. And they bring the paralyzed guy, and when they get to the house or the building where Jesus is teaching, there's crowds, and they're just, they're not only inside, but they're just pouring out the doors as well. What was this paralyzed guy feeling like? When his, we'll call them friends, we don't know for sure though, when his friends are like, no man, we'll get you in. And they're too late. Church has already started. Was the paralyzed guy like, well, you know, thanks for the effort, guys, but this is just, this is my lot in life. This is just, this is it. So thanks. 
One of the guys holding on to the mat is looking at all these people just crammed out. He looks at the building. What if we could get him up there? And all the other friends are standing there going, why do you always have the crazy ideas, Matt? Why? And there stands the one guy, and he's like, no, I swear, look, if you get, if you, if we get slim on the bottom, and he holds, and he hoists him up, and then you and I, we'll go up next, and we'll pull him up, and all of a sudden, somebody comes up with this crazy idea that we can get the lame guy on the roof. What was he thinking? What was the paralyzed guy thinking? Was he, was he going, no, guys, no, you're not going to lift me up on a roof. We're not doing that, and there's no guarantee. What are we going to do when we get up there? Well, I don't know, but we got to try. So they apparently get this guy up on the roof. And they're standing there, and everybody's like, okay, wise guy, what are we going to do now? And he's like, I don't know, but Jesus is right there. Was the paralyzed guy embarrassed? What about the house? They ripped the roof off. <laughs> Again, we read these verses, we gloss over this stuff, don't we? But think about it. These duffers are on the roof with the lame guy that they've apparently hoisted up there. He's on top of the roof, and everybody's like, okay, wise guy, what do we do now? And he's like, well, let's start tearing it apart. And they just start in, you know, they're being all like Fido, you know, just ripping the roof off. What about the house? What kind of passion possesses people to tear a roof off on the off chance that this Jesus that we've never really seen in person, we've never even heard him preach before, that this Jesus would actually do something about our maybe friend? These guys destroyed a roof. What about the other people who were inside? What about the people who had heard Jesus was coming and stayed up all night like it was the opening of a new Chick-fil-A? <laughs> what about those people? What are they thinking when they're inside? See, it's easy for us to be all like, you know, flannel board in this story and thinking that we got it all figured out. These people were the ones in the front row. They had, they had waited all night. They, had, they were the responsible ones who got there early. What about the people in the house? What are they thinking as pieces of ceiling are falling on them? <laughs> this is their one and only chance for their entire life to hear Jesus preach. There's no podcasts, no CDs. There's no resource table in the foyer on your way out. Be sure to get the whole series of Jesus live. There's none of that. <laughs> These people get one shot to hear Jesus preach and teach. And certainly if the some men have heard that Jesus was a healer. Certainly other people who were listening that day, who were inside and leaning out the door and crammed out the door, certainly other people who needed healing were there as well. 
How do you think they felt when the ceiling starts getting ripped open and lame guy gets lowered in, thus cutting in line like it's stinking Walmart? How are these, serious, put yourself in their shoes. How are they supposed to feel? Hey, get that guy out of here. The religious people didn't like it. They're like, this is ridiculous. We've all been waiting in line. You can't be cutting. This is our one shot to hear Jesus. And what about Jesus? What was he thinking? Remember, Jesus has three years to teach his disciples and his followers everything they need to know in order to create and, and, and get a movement going that will last 2,000 plus years and counting. Can he really afford to stop while the roof is caving in? Listen, I know what it is to preach in a room with distractions. These duffers are ripping off a roof over his head. People aren't listening to him. They're going, what in the world? That is the biggest rat I have ever seen. They're, they're not listening to Jesus, and he's all, thus saith and thou, and blessed are the blood. And they're going, wait, well, hold on. Somebody's being lowered from the ceiling. Are you serious? Can Jesus really afford the time with the three-year window to position the church, the body of Christ, for the movement of Christianity that will continue on for 2,000 years? Can he really afford this time? Every moment of Jesus' teaching is precious. And yet some men lower down a paralyzed guy because they understood we have to create an opportunity just for a moment in time where someone who needs Jesus can experience him. We'll do whatever it takes to give this one guy whose name we don't know, whose story we don't know, a shot. And these some men were willing to do anything, pay any price, suffer humiliation, be cast out of the temple, whatever, whatever it takes, we don't care. If we have to buy the guy a new roof, it doesn't matter to us. We will pay any price. We will make any sacrifice. We will do whatever it takes. Why? Because there's a paralyzed person who desperately needs a moment with Jesus, and we will do whatever it takes to create an environment where he can have one moment with a loving God. And what happened after this? Think about it. This paralyzed guy, this guy who had been the outcast of the city, suddenly became the life of the party. The guy nobody wanted to talk to now had a line of people wanting to interview him. Because of one moment, one encounter, one experience with Jesus. 
what about the some men? What started out as just another day at work in the old mill went down in their lives as the greatest day of their life. Not because of anything that happened to them, but because of an experience that they helped create for someone else. Was there ever a day for the rest of these guys' lives that they didn't tell this story to someone? Yeah, man, you... There's this one time, it was probably, what, oh, 25, 30 years ago now. We had a friend. He was paralyzed. And, man, do you remember that? Do you remember how crazy it was when we ripped the roof off? That was crazy. Yeah, he's, he's dead and gone now, but remember that 40 years ago? What a great day. Our buddy, who'd been paralyzed his whole life, got his life back. He found healing. He found hope. Was there ever a day that went by that these guys didn't tell that story? Of the greatest thing that ever happened to them that didn't even happen to them. That they had the privilege of being a part of. These guys were unsung heroes. These guys, these some men whose names we'll never know, whose face we'll never see, these some men, that's all we know about them, were unsung heroes because they understood that we can leave no one behind. These some men embodied the vision of Jesus Christ. They never heard a sermon. They never went to Bible college. They didn't even make it into church the day the whole thing went down. But these guys lived the mission of Jesus, which is to leave no one behind. And as I think about all of the lives that are being impacted through the ministry of Next Level Church, I am so aware that we have so many unsung heroes in this church as well. People who, who embody the spirit of these some men. People who understand that we're not just serving coffee and donuts. People who understand that we're not just watching kids and babysitting kids in a kid zone or in a toddler's class or in a nursery or in a baby's room. People who understand that we're not just setting up tables, that we're not just plugging in equipment. People that understand that we're not just passing out bulletins and shaking people's hands and smiling at people. We're not just parking cars. People that understand we're not just opening up our home for a connection group. People who understand that we're not just throwing a fiver in the bucket because it's a good cause people who understand people who truly understand that each and every week we are ripping off roofs and we are carrying in mats and we are lowering down paralyzed people 
Because we're together creating an environment where someone will come in who can't create the environment on their own. Someone will come in who is paralyzed by the wages of sin. And there are so many people here in this church who understand that each and every week we're ripping off roofs and we're carrying in mats and we're lowering down paralyzed people and so that they can have a moment with Jesus. And in that moment, they're going to experience the love of Jesus like they never have before. They're going to understand that this book, the Bible, has everything to do with our everyday lives today in the year 2007. They're going to understand and know what it is to experience the love of a community of people. They're going to know what it is to experience the forgiveness of God in their life. They're going to know what it is to experience the relationship with Jesus that they can have. And these paralyzed people are going to walk out of this place. Because some people who will never be up on this stage, some people who will never preach a message, some people whose name will never see in light, will pick up a corner of a mat and they'll make it possible for someone else to experience Jesus like they never could have otherwise. Take a look at this. I get here at uh, between 7 and 7.15 on Sunday mornings when I'm working. I get up at 4.30. Make coffee at home. Bring it here and make more coffee here. Uh, there's... 30 dozen donuts, not counting the bakers. And then we do all the seven. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of that. 
I've always loved music. I've never been able to play a musical instrument, so this is basically my musical instrument. Um, I'm not great at singing. Uh, I'll do it in the shower, that's about it. Um, but it's really all about service. Because that's, that's my service to, to the Lord. It's not a burden. It's, uh, it's kind of fun, actually. It's not only are you getting something for yourself, but you're helping other people. We've always loved kids, and it was just kind of a natural thing for us to go into service. As much as I love being in the big worship service, this is also a service. Those are unsung heroes. If you are here this morning, and I know this isn't everybody because there are dozens of them out serving right now as we speak, and you serve in any capacity across Next Level Church, maybe it's here on a Sunday morning, maybe it's a connection group, maybe you serve at the warehouse space, or you serve behind the scenes and you work in our offices or administration and you help in any regard, would you stand right now? Would you stand up if you serve at Next Level Church in any capacity? You're an unsung hero. You're an unsung hero. You carry the corner of a mat that every single week allows someone who couldn't get there any other way to have a moment in time where they can experience Jesus. So as part of this Leave No One Behind series, you guys, we had to pause for just a moment and honor every single one of you who are the unsung heroes across Next Level Church. And as a pastor, I know several weeks ago, you all stood during Pastor Appreciation Month and, and honored me and applauded me for being your pastor. And I want you to know, I really I appreciate that. And that's so huge for me. But I want all of you to know who serve, those of you who just stood, that this thing is way bigger than me up here. This thing is way bigger than a few people on instruments up here. This thing is way bigger than any one person. That it takes every single one of us. That's why the Bible calls us a body of Christ. And it's interesting because in the Bible we read this one scripture where it says, can the foot say to the hand, I don't need you? Can the hand say uh, to, to the tongue, I don't need you? It, can any one part of the body say to any other part of the body, you're unimportant? See, throughout the pages of Scripture, we discover that there is this thing, there is this element that says some men whose names and faces we'll never know, who history will never record the details of their story, but some men willingly got the vision of Jesus and said, we will leave no one behind. We will do whatever it takes to be a part of creating moments in time where people paralyzed by sin can experience Jesus and be healed and find hope. Can we stand together this morning?
This is Thanksgiving week. What's my challenge this morning? My challenge to each of us is very simple. Each and every one of us would not be where we are today in our spiritual lives if it weren't for some people who helped carry a corner of our mat. So my challenge to each one of us this week, Thanksgiving week, is that between now and next Sunday, would you do whatever it takes to go back and find those mat carriers in your life? Past or present? And simply say thank you. Thanks for carrying a corner of my mat. Maybe it's a connection group leader. Maybe it's one of these workers in our kids' zone who's allowing us, parents, to be in here undistracted. Maybe it's a mother or a father. Maybe it's a grandfather or a grandmother who took you to church as a kid. Would you do whatever it takes? And for some of us, this will take some work, and that's cool. To this week, Thanksgiving week, say thank you to the mat carriers in your life. Maybe you're watching this video, maybe you're listening to me talk and you're going, you know what, bro, I'm not involved, but I would love to be involved. Let me tell you, the easiest way for you to get involved at Next Level Church is Church 101. And that's happening tonight at the warehouse space. And there's still room for you. We need to know you're coming, though, because we're going to provide food. If you want to be a part of Church 101 tonight at 6 o'clock, would you stop by the resource table on your way out? You can be an unsung hero. You can join us. You can get involved. Our heart, you guys know this, we don't do much at Next Level. But one of our big three for us is what we call strategic service, where we want to invite people to get out of the stands and get on the field. Because we know that when the victories are won, it's the players on the field who celebrate the greatest. And every week, victories are being won across our church. Well, tonight is how you get involved at Church 101. Be sure to stop by the resource table and tell us that you're coming so we can plan for food for you. We'd love to have you. Speaking of unsung heroes, if you notice in your bulletin, there's an extra table out in the resource, uh, right next to the resource table out there. For a blood drive that we're doing, you guys know our heart is to partner with organizations here in our community who are making a difference and seeing life change. And so next Sunday, the 25th, seven days from today, from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, there's going to be a blood mobile here at Next Level Church on the parking lot. And for every person who gives blood, we can help save three lives. That's that's craziness. So we need you to sign up, though. We need you to sign up for a time slot. So when you leave today, there's an extra table out there. There's someone with all the details of that. See, every single week, you guys, we're changing lives. Lives are being impacted. What's Next Level Church all about? What's the victory for us? Life change. Giving people who are paralyzed by sin an opportunity to have a moment with Jesus where they can find healing, hope, and restoration. That's what this church is all about. Will you find your person who's carried you at the corner of your mat this week and tell them thank you? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you 
Thank you for hundreds of men and women across Next Level Church who serve. Thank you, God, for the big thing that you're doing in our church. Thank you, God, for the way you're using us. Every one of us who, just like these some men who aren't, didn't go to Bible college, who don't have all the degrees, who don't know every answer about the Bible, but who have a willing heart and are willing to serve. God, thank you for the hundreds of men and women who serve across this body. I pray this Thanksgiving week that you would bless them. I pray that they would see in some small way that their life impacts eternity. Father, I pray that you would stir us, those of us who are yet to be involved, stir us, God. May we be completely undone until we get out of the stands and get on the field. While we're still praying, maybe you're here today and you're a paralyzed person. You've come into this place looking for hope. You've come into this place looking for healing. You've come into this place looking for restoration. If that's you, while we're still praying, I want to give you an opportunity to have your moment with Jesus right now. If that's you, I want to, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. I want to give you an opportunity, though, to respond in your heart and in your life right now. If that's you, if you, you're not in relationship with Jesus, you don't know what it is to, to have a relationship with Him and to be forgiven like we've talked about. You can know that. If you're here today and that's you, I'm going to ask you to simply slip your hand up when I count to three. And if that's you, you want to step into that relationship with Jesus. I want to give you a chance to do that. This is your moment to get lowered through the roof because there were dozens of people who created this environment this morning for you. You're the one. You're the one. One, two, three. Is that you? You'll slip your hand up. Awesome. Thank you. Great, great. Thank you. There's others all across this room. Others of you, just put your hand up right now. Just, again, I'm not going to call you out. Trust me, that's not my intention. Great, thank you. Clear in the back. Awesome, on to the side. Fantastic. Are there others of you, you just slip your hand up and go, that's me. I am not where I should be in relationship with Jesus. And i got to get my life right. i got to confess my sin. i got to get that out of there. i got to stand up and walk and live differently than I was before. I don't want to go back to my life of laying on a mat, being a beggar in my sinfulness. I need to rise up and walk. I want to be healed and be whole in Jesus' name. Are there others of you? You just slip your hand up right now. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Are there others? Father, for every one of these who have lifted up their hand today, who are responding more importantly than a hand, God, they're responding in their heart. Father, I pray that you would do that work in them today, Jesus. We are stepping across the line. We are saying yes to you. Father, thanks for making yourself real. Jesus, right now where we're standing, we confess our sin we confess that we've been trying to do life our own way, and we repent. That means we do a 180. We turn our back on that way of living life, and we're going to run toward your way of living life, the way you want us to live, Jesus, according to the Bible. God, we turn from our sin, and we pursue you, and Jesus, we thank you that your blood, the, the death you paid, the price you paid, the death you died on the cross for us is sufficient to cover our sin. So, Father, I thank you that right now you're doing that. You're giving relationship, new birth, God, by the power of your Spirit today, Lord. Thank you for making us alive. That which was dead is now alive. That which is paralyzed is made whole. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. If you lifted your hand on your bulletin card there that Scott mentioned earlier, there's a little box at the bottom that says, I just said yes. Would you take that before you leave today and simply mark that box and then take it right down to one of our three kiosks, the first, second, or third time kiosk, and just cut right in line. This is one of those times you just cut right in line. You just hand them that card. And I want someone from our office is going to make contact with you and send you a letter today and talk more about this. 
So thank you for everyone being an unsung hero. Come on, let's rejoice that we've been in church today. Happy